Welcome family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time for another episode of Talking Wrestling on the Never Sleeps Network. I am your host, comedian Casey Corbin, wrestling's only authentic Corbin, and I am uh, glad to be coming at you. Uh, you can uh, find us on the Instagram at Talking Wrestling Podcast. You can also find us on the old Twitter at TNW Pod. And if you want to drop us an email or a Gmail, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, I am excited to be here today. First of all, next week, September 14th, next week's issue, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, WWE Hall of Famer, one of the greatest villains of all time, sat down with me for an hour in Detroit and we taped that episode and that is an episode or an issue that you do not want to miss. Today is a very fun episode issue. I have uh, two of my buddies on, good buddies, and they just happen to be brothers. We have a headliner from Yuck Yucks that's open for Seinfeld, uh, Dennis Miller, Dana Carvey. Uh, he's been on CTV, CBC, the Halifax Comedy Festival, Comedy Now. He's had specials. He has CDs available on iTunes. Peter Anthony is here, and that's his name. And along with Peter is his brother, uh, the uh, anchor on Sportsnet Sports Central, weeknights 10 p.m., who's also written two books. I'm sure he'll let us know about those. Uh, Ken Reed is here. Peter Anthony, Ken Reed, thanks for coming into the Never Sleeps Network. Great Studio. to be here. Congrats on the podcast, too. I'm, oh, hearing, yeah. I'm hearing great things, bud. I, I hear, yeah, they come out weekly. It's, um, it's a progress, a process and a progress, I guess. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's doing all right. It's it's different than stand-up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, we, we should scrub Dennis Miller from my intro, too. Is that Don't people hate Dennis Miller now? Oh, well, who else do you want to say? <laughs> Steve, Pat- Steve Patterson. Steve Patterson? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I'll say you. Say I open for you a bunch of times. So there you go. You open for me. You, you did open for me, even when you taped your special. That was a magic night. A lot of people don't know that we taped our, our first ever comedy specials on the same night. Yes. I went first, you went second, and yeah. you got a standing ovation. Yes. And what happened with the standing ovation, I was, okay, so recently I was in Kingston with these guys, uh, two American comics, and we were talking about Andy Kaufman, and I was saying, yeah, I went through a, he- like, I love Andy Kaufman, and uh, I said, when I tape my special, I try to do an Andy Kaufman-esque type thing. And they're like, what'd you do? And I was like, well, I wanted to guarantee myself a standing ovation so during one of the commercial breaks i walked up to the end of the stage i walked away from the mic and i told the audience (laughs) that my grandmother had passed away (laughs) and that her last wish was to for me to get a standing ovation at my comedy taping and she passed away two weeks prior now this isn't all true. This is what in the, the wrestling community would call a work. This is a work. Right. Exactly. And I was trying to be Andy Kaufman. And, you know, it's not all a lie. My grandmother was dead. She did want me to do well in my comedy career. It just didn't happen two weeks before the special. Right. So when I told the people, when I come out, I will know that her what she said is true because you people will be standing giving me that standing ovation that she said I would get. And it was ridiculous, but I <laughs> ran it by you in the day. I loved it. I, I ran it, it was by genius. Matt Dillon and you both I got my you know, my two best buds approved it. So I was all for it. It worked. They were not happy. They cut my standing ovation out. Who? The they station? The station. I don't, oh, yeah. oh, I don't remember them cutting so it out. They, the they, oh, cut yeah. out. they cut out the standing ovation, but they used the same canned laughter for both of you guys. They're cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what they did was, so everybody gets a good, a, a final goodbye. Like a, a, yeah, the final, way the walkout. The, walk the walkout. Yeah. 
stupid me when I walk before the walkout I said thank you very much my name is Casey Corbin just used to have it by saying my name at the end of every set and I walked off they're like that's good he doesn't need he already said his name so it cuts as soon as I walk off the stage I'm the only person in the history show that didn't get a final bow because they're upset at the standing ovation well who would put a show together and be upset that the performer got a standing ovation they were mad they're like it's the first one in history I don't know if it why was why would you be angry for that that's like that's I'm like not- if you're producing the price is right and you're angry if the audience gets excited yeah it's stupid because i'm not russell peters and i'm not brent butt and i'm not famous i'm just a you know a, a twelve hundred dollar ham and egger you were censored yeah i was totally censored and they didn't like the way i did it who cares but the way you did it you got it somebody manipulated the audience it's all fake it exactly. exactly thank you speaking so, of fake in the intro you also admitted the fact that we went to kiss together you should have had that in there well of course we, we went, to, went kiss to kiss together. together well i'm i got kiss circled later on we're gonna get into kiss sorry did, did kenny kenny got an intro too. author of two books right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah Good. one night only one which night is only. not the pay-per-view from england where dx was formed it's true <laughs> it's not uh, it, it is about hockey and uh hockey and the other one story. hockey card stories which is all also fantastic which i have an autographed copy and it's also about hockey and it also is about hockey here's the funny thing about that story i told that story and the two american comics said it was blasphemy they said andy coffin would have had the grandmother come out at the end oh yes, yeah that, that's exactly you. right to yeah. give you a hug or something and i said i said well no maybe but andy coffin what i'm saying is he never gave up the gag Tony Clifton is still out there to this day. He is. You know, Annie Coffin wore that. Like, he took a pile driver, and then he wore a neck brace for two years. <laughs> like, he, he never gave up the gag. That's why I never gave up the gag, you know, about the... So, so I never told the audience what happened. Maybe some of those people applauded for my grandmother. I don't know. But they told me a story about a guy, an American, who went to California and... Uh, in a pawn shop, he was pawning some things because he's a comic. He saw a wheelchair. So he bought a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And then, because he was new to California, he started going to the club in a wheelchair and doing all of his material in a wheelchair. And then for a year, uh, he had to pretend he was paraplegic. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, then, and then one night, after a year of doing shows in a wheelchair... He just said, fuck this. And he stood up and he walked off and left the chair on stage. People witnessed a miracle. <laughs> but here's my thing. I was like, they're saying I, what I did was so wrong. I'm like, you're telling me you think that I'm worse than a guy who fakes being handicapped for an entire year? I was like, think about everybody who opened a door for him. Everybody who pushed him up a ramp. Everybody who helped carry his fucking chair on stage when he was wow, in it. Oh, yeah. So I was like, like, the whole comedy community in California was under that they thought he was confined as far to as a wheelchair. I know. Yeah. He, he went kayfabe. Like, oh, he he totally went cave yeah. Wouldn't it have been beneficial to him to t- stay in that wheelchair for his career? I would think so. I would be the funniest wheelchair comic in the world. Yeah, but what do you want to be? Comic? Do you think Doink wanted to be a clown for the rest of his life? Yeah, you got to change it up every now and then. You got to change it up. So this guy just got up and walked away and got a new action figure, I guess. <laughs> One time I saw Guns N' Roses and Axel wheeled out in a wheelchair, but then he got up. Oh, yeah. Well, is that when he hurt his leg? He hurt his foot or leg or whatever it was. Remember that when we saw them at the ACC, Axel came out in the wheelchair? Yeah, he, he something happened uh, at the, the night before. and But then he got It was out. a big ruse. Yeah. Then he gets out of the chair and everyone freaks out. Oh, Axel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what got you guys into wrestling? You guys are from Nova Scotia. You're young. Like, what got you into wrestling? Although the Maritimes has lots of wrestling history mm-hmm. down we there. We had Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling. It was on ATV. 
It was huge. Every kid watched it on Saturday afternoons, taped in the Moncton studio with a ceiling about as high as this room we're in. Uh, Mr. McCullough, Bill McCullough was the announcer. Mr. McCluck Cluck is what Killer Crowd Crew called him. And to this day, Mr. McCullough is still and works for the investors group in New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, and plays in the Kilted Golf Tournament in Pictou County. Wow. Yeah, I remember I remember watching <laughs> but I remember watching Maritime Grand Prix wrestling. Yeah. Like that's the earliest memories of yeah, actually watching television. We were watching it. And then of course we we ended up watching the WWF at the time. You remember the first time we, we watched, watched WWF? WWF? I don't remember the very Nikki first time. Nikki Tool came to babysit for us on a Saturday afternoon. It was on at one o'clock on the the CBS affiliate out of Detroit, and she said, "Wait till you see this," because we were worst, used to Atlantic Grand Prix, where it just looked like a bunch of dirt bags <laughs> in a small studio wrestling, which it was. It was a small show, but like it had a loyal following, but a small show. But we knew them because they toured through the right. time, so we had a familiarity with these characters. Right. We'd go to it every year for my birthday party at the Picto Exhibition. The Great Malumba would walk out, Sweet Daddy Seeky'd walk out, Leo Burke, Big Leo Stephen Pattypaw, they'd all walk out. The Cuban Assassin, the Cuban Assassin, uh, they. I'd all walk out through the dirt out to the wrestling ring and they'd wrestle and we'd get their autographs and it was awesome we could never figure out why are they coming from the same side of the rink shouldn't the bad guys be on that side of the rink and the good guys be on this exactly. side of the rink and they all came out of the dressing room at the front of the arena that our dad used when he played for the pick the old puckers <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah then we then we discovered i know i didn't realize it was nikki tool nikki tool to said our babysitter said watch this so it was wwf superstars at one o'clock on saturday afternoon so we watched that and then from then on every saturday you had to watch it and it was always just a you know a good guy against a jobber every time there was never any big matches but that's all you want you just wanted to see like maybe the ones they had like one decent match but the jobber matches where you want to see that like as many stars as you right. can what was the what was the philosophy behind that why didn't they ever put superstars against one well, another my belief is that it was like an infomercial for their live shows if you want yeah. to see the real matches you got to go to the live shows yeah and right. that's where you see the real matches and, and the, keep and the real matches for the big closed circuit pay-per-views back yeah. in the day right that's what wrestlemania was but every every now and then you would see one of the jobbers who was good he would get a push and they'd create a character from him i yeah. remember the genius or erwin r shyster you'd see yeah, guys Gene, like, lanny poffo yeah yeah, yeah. yeah or, or you'd see different guys that, oh he used to be this guy and then they, he, he'd be reinvented as it still happens today there's a guy named james elworth who was at a jobbers called an enhancement performer okay uh, he's there to enhance <laughs> the other wrestler he's just politically correct you know right and uh james elworth is he's been on the roster now for probably about two years since becoming an enhancement performer and they write him in the main storylines and it's pretty entertaining although most people don't like him I find him entertaining who was your favorite jobber ever I liked Barry Horowitz was he the guy that used Barry to Barry Horowitz on the, the slap the slapper yeah yeah he was good S.D. Jones oh S.D. Special, Special Delivery, Delivery Jones, Jones yeah. was, uh, he was, was a good usually one. good I'm also a fan of uh, Paul Roma when he was oh, a jobber Paul Roma the Can-Am Connection one half of the Can-Am Connection oh Young Stallions oh was it Mar- wasn't Martell and Roma the, the Mar- Can-Am Connection Martell and Zinc wow but, but just to go back with what I was just saying, where you would you would get an enhancement performer that would then get a new character. There was a guy named the Brooklyn Brawler. Do yeah, you remember that? yeah, Steve, Steve Lombardi. Lombardi. Right, but he was, was always a jobber under just his name, and then all of a sudden he had a greasy uh, white he was a garbage white can. Beater. He was a garbage <laughs> delivery man, or something, and he could beat guys up. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he was he could he could you well, know clean well, up the well, mess. The whole thing was that his character came about because Bobby Steve Heenan had Terry Taylor, who was the Red Rooster. Yeah, and the Red Rooster was not getting the job. 
job done. Uh, they thought it was good. It's like, you're the cock of the walk. You're the red rooster. <laughs> that was the logic behind it. You're the cock of the walk. Well, nobody says that. No. You know? So anyway, Terry Taylor's character was a bad guy at first, but he wasn't a good bad guy. He, no, he doesn't look like a bad guy. No. So they made him a good guy. And Bobby Heaney was like, I can get anybody to be better than you. Anybody. I'll take this jobber and I'll make him a star. And Steve Lombardi's like, me? You know? <laughs> What I'll do is I'll put a cigar in his mouth and rip his shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Roll around the dirt for two hours. One time Steve Lombardi came to Iron Pryor and he came as the Brooklyn Brawler, but uh, he also doubled as Doink the Clown who came out at the halftime and (laughs) Doink the Clown. And we would have never known unless when I noticed the Brawler wrestling, he had white paint behind his ear that he missed when he was cleaning off from being Doink earlier in the day. Nice. Wow. Wow. Old school. Hey, another job. The jig was up. We have to pay tribute to Canada's. Strongest man, Iron Mike Sharp. Oh, Canada's Man's greatest athlete. Of greatest course. athlete, that was it. And I saw the other, I don't know how I came across this, but it was on Twitter. It was Dolly Parton's song from the mid-80s. You'd remember it. Why'd you come in here looking like that? Yeah. Something like that. No, that wasn't it. Anyway, it was a song, and Hulk Hogan was in the video, and she was, Starlight was the name of the Hogan character, and she was in love with him, and he was wrestling Iron Mike Sharp in the video. Now, I've never, never, ever known about this. but check I, it out. Well, I will check it out. Uh, Can I look it up on my phone? Of course. I it? have to check it well, out. It was a Dolly Parton video starring Hulk Hogan. Starring Hulk Hogan. As a wrestler named, I think it was Starlight. And he was wrestling Iron Mike Sharp in the video. And well, of course, he used to, the, when he would go to Japan, him and Iron Mike Sharp were tag team partners for a lot of matches. Wow. No yeah. Either. Iron Mike was respected in Japan because he works. Stiff. He wasn't always a jobber. Throughout the 70s, he was a fairly well-known wrestler in most of the territories. But when they got eaten up in the WWF, when they started getting all the talent, he became a jobber then. Oh, that's like uh, Leo Burke was the big baby face in the Maritimes, but he was the bad guy in Stampede yeah. Wrestling. Oh, he was such a bad guy in Stampede. What is Leo Burke doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly like Ed Willen. Headlock on my heart. That's the Dolly Parton That's song? That's the Dolly video. Why wow. didn't Whitney Houston record that song? Yeah, no kidding. There's <laughs> yeah. Dolly intro on it. I'm going to do something now that we have had so much request for. On my very first show, I did a video with Hulk Hogan. And it was a song I wrote called He's Got a Headlock on My Heart. Oh, this is when she had a TV series, Dolly. Those, uh, yeah. Gossip magazines, you know, where they tell everything that ain't true. Well, yeah. they predicted that I would fall in love with a 300 pound wrestler and that I would make a video and all that. So and I thought it did. was great. And yeah. the people wanted to see it again. We got so many calls. Every day I get calls about showing this video. Most of them are from Hulk.
oddly disappointed in a weird way that he was Thunderlips. Uh, it just it freaked with. I was young at the time. It just freaked with my vision of yeah. who Hulk Hogan was in the character. And he thought oh, it maybe might have been fake. Maybe it was fake, and maybe it wasn't this thing that I dreamt, oh, I would have thought. thought like, I would have thought like why? See, when I watched Hulk Hogan as a kid and I watched Rocky, I couldn't understand why his matches weren't as exciting as his matches in Rocky. Right, because he's doing suplexes, he's doing <laughs> arm drags and hip See, tosses. See, for me, I remember crying when I found out because I was watching Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling and someone told me it was fake. I started crying. I couldn't believe it. And then I was convinced it was fake when in WWF, when uh, during the uh, stand back video, all the good guys and the bad guys were in the same room taping it. I'm like, well, obviously this is something's going on here. These guys can't all like each other. And they're sitting two feet from each other, yelling at each other. And the words are rhyming for the lyrics. I'm like, something's up. Yeah. Right. Oh no, stand back was uh that was Vince's video. What video am I? Land of a Thousand Dances. Land of a Thousand Dances. Yeah, that's when the, the old, stand back. <laughs> that's when they pull open the curtain like the Wizard of Oz and you see yeah. the guy working the machine. Well, right? this is Land of a Thousand Dances. I used to love that song. And I remember one time I was at a fair with my buddy Travis Sherman. We were on the swings, and every time the swings would come around, we'd go to the carny. We'd say Roddy Piper's line from that song. So we'd come around. All of a sudden, we'd be like, "Don't be such a yo yo." <laughs> we're kids, right? So. We're calling the carny yo-yo. Oh, he stopped okay. the ride and kicked us off after like the seventh time. Like we kept doing it. We kept laughing. Like you know, he's like, he obviously didn't get the reference. I know. He thought we were calling him a yo-yo and he took that seriously. It was inter- inter- uh, interfering with his listening of a Judas Priest song while he was working <laughs> the ride too. I wanted to go back case because we talked about wh- how we first got into wrestling and we talked about Grand Prix back in Nova Scotia where we watched. Then we got into WWE. But then it, it was... I remember watching Saturday night's main event. Wow, that's, what, that's what changed everything as far as jobbers. That's when the good guys would, the, the non-jobbers wouldn't get that's in. That's when right. Matches started happening. When Orndorff and Hogan landed at the same time, like yeah. 19 seconds apart, and they called it a oh time. My God. And I don't know if that was before WrestleMania, the, the first one, or how that worked out. Well, but would, it was right after WrestleMania. Okay. The Eight, first WrestleMania. Five, I, didn't actually, I didn't actually get into Saturday night's main event. The first one I saw, I think, was maybe the fourth episode so I missed the first three but luckily to the network I went back and watched them and they're pretty much everything I've already seen anyways but um, yeah the first one I saw was Hogan and Junkyard Dog against the Funks the Funks Dorian Dory Funk and Terry. Terry Funk and it's awesome because the two things and uh, <laughs> one is uh, Terry Funk for some reason is wearing the Killer Bees boots he's not he, his boots don't match his outfit he's wearing like the killer bees it's like yellow and black and he's wearing red oh and then the second thing was um the haiti kid is involved and he's a midget at the that's what we call them in wrestling sorry if you're offended and at one part they're pulling the midget out of the ring but then terry funk just comes running across the ring and boots him in the head <laughs> <laughs> that seems a little off my buddy my buddy pete white who's a comedian who you know he calls he calls them fun-sized wrestlers oh yes they were well fun-sized now, those be. guys were at work sky lolo and those guys that was good comedy when they'd come to the picto exhibition yeah, yeah, they used to come too. They would, they would wrestle before the big guys. Yeah, they, they'd always come. The one, the, sorry, the, the the one Saturday night main event I remember, and Kenny and I still talk about this. And what's weird, actually, two things before I get into which one I remember the most was the fact that we would be waiting for Saturday night's main event to come on, mm-hmm. and then if Saturday Night Live come on, 
for whatever reason, if, yeah. if the signals got crossed, we would be so upset. Oh, we'd be so oh, angry. If it yeah. Was and, then, and then here I am, a comedian, all these years later. I was upset. You would think I would want Saturday Night Live to come, but I wanted the, I wanted as, the, the main event. As poor as Saturday Night Live was in those days, perhaps you were onto something. Yeah, true. You're talking, what, 85 to 87? Yeah. SNL wasn't really No, no, those were then. like the weakest years, they actually. cranking out the hits then. But it was the cage match where... Paul Orndorff and Hogan, where they landed at the exact same time on yeah. either side of the ring. But they clearly... They clearly didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had to time it right, and they timed it off a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And I they can't had remember. a stopwatch. Remember, they had an instant replay. Yeah, they had an instant replay, and it just didn't match. But they, that was the work, so... The messes are walk, they're climbing down, looking at each other. Looking at each other, and they're not letting go. And they won't let go for some reason. Just, just let jump. go. Just jump, jump and let go. But they were so hurt, they didn't want to let go. That right? was the thing. When a guy would get on the outside of the cage why did it take so long to get down it took <laughs> two seconds to scale the cage but Nick Foley is the only down. one that knew how to jump oh, off a cage that was not- Shane O'Mac can get off a cage Shane O'Mac, quick, can get well, off. Shane O'Mac can get out can survive a helicopter crash too that guy can do <laughs> yeah, anything exactly. that was 19 years ago it was the anniversary the other day of uh, the Foley of the Foley fall yeah good god almighty yeah. oh my that god was, that's insane good god Jim good Ross didn't know it was going to happen he had no idea it was gonna happen. <laughs> imagine how fast he had to move oh man to get out good god almighty and still get the call in. Legitimate reaction. Yeah. Exactly. True emotion. That's why you don't know the questions going in. The funny thing about that Saturday Night Main Event was I hated the blue cage. The blue cage, I think that's like, it first appeared with Bundy, um, but then cages used to be like cages, like fencing. Right. But then I think the thing is, well, Hogan can't climb in and out of the ring every cage match right so we're gonna have to make the cages different see i like the blue cage for me that was the first time i saw it so that seemed authentic and then when i'd see the barbed wire cage come in or yeah not barbed wire or just a regular fence. fencing yeah that was it was like sneaking into the pectoral exhibition well they would go really- for the door often yeah, well, the WWE had their their attitude was the cage match you would win by escaping the cage. Uh, the NWA, their logic was, no, you're in a cage so nobody can interfere, but the ref's still in there to count three count. If you're settling a grudge match, why do you want to get in there and get out as soon as you can? You want this guy in a cage so you can pulverize him and punish him. It never made sense to me trying to constantly get out. Of right. course, it creates the drama of trying to constantly right. get That's out. That's what I always said. Why don't you just climb the cage and run? Yeah. Win. It, like, it didn't make sense. I've never looked for the philosophy of different cages before, but that makes sense. Last night, Braun Strowman threw, threw Big Show through the cage. Through the side of the through cage? Through the side of the cage. He threw him in and the whole cage like came down. It's like when the Big Show was suplexed and the ring came down. It's the same thing. But they double reinforced the ring. Oh well, they last did that night. then. They, they did that. There you go. They told us. The engineers were on it. <laughs> the engineers were there before. It's an inside job, like nine eleven. Maybe it could. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I don't know about that. But yeah, um, I guess this is a question. That was my brother, not me. But no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was also a joke. No, no, yeah, totally a joke. So hey, um, Ken, this is a question for hey, you, Casey. Uh, why isn't sports? Why is there wrestling covers by sports? Well, do you remember like, no, I'm just joking, obviously. But back in the day, do you remember yeah. like, I guess it's cause you can get wrestling anywhere. But do you remember back in the day, like the first couple WrestleManias would be covered by yeah. TSN? Well, Back in the day, uh, wrestling used to appear in newspapers, right? In the sports section, yeah. the results. But then it kind of got out of the bag that, okay, fixes in. Um, we at Sportsnet would cover... We, we I think you cover enough wrestling We show Raw, we show Smackdown, Smack yeah. we have Aftermath with, with Jackie and everybody. And we send Jackie to WrestleMania. 
Yeah. But I mean, we're not going to be there doing the nightly results because it's sports entertainment. But, you know, um, once in a while, a wrestler will pop by. So, I mean, you. I mean, the, the ratings they get on Sportsnet are fantastic. So yeah. The, the, oh. There's an audience. But they're not going to come up on Sportsnet Central with Ivanka and I. Weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern. The first time I ever met James Sobelski, mm-hmm. who is also a, uh, a sports anchor, he was just starting with sports in CTV in Ottawa. Yeah. I'd see him at the bar drinking, and then I was like, hey, you're a sports guy. And he's like, yeah, and then we start talking. And I can't remember how we got on. Or, oh, because I was probably wearing you a probably said, why don't you? No, I was wearing a sport. I was wearing a Stone Cold. I used to wear wrestling shirts out to bars because I, I was never ashamed of my wrestling fan. A conversation starter. I don't care. Yeah, a great yeah. way to pick up girls, well, too. Right. Yeah, well, well yeah, because if they don't, yeah, because I'm like, suck it. You know, like, <laughs> I can do that. I'm like, no, it's wrestling, I swear. Get back here, suck it. You know, Sobowski probably saw my D x shirt or my stone cold shirt and he comes over he's like i love wrestling we start talking about yeah, wrestling Steve-O loves wrestling and uh well one thing he told me is like yeah you're a comedian yeah and i'm like he goes you know waffick and Isrella? i was like yeah and he's like i used to he used to go to the liquor store for us in high school <laughs> what <laughs> yeah waffick used to go to the liquor store for james sabelski so next time you tell him tell him you know waffick and i waffick. will uh, next time i see waffick yeah. i will i will so, mention that so then uh james goes you know i interview i've interviewed wayne gratsky and i've interviewed all these uh, sports celebrities and he goes you know doesn't affect me but you put me one-on-one with a wrestler i get nervous because these are my heroes he goes i know and he goes i never want to be a wrestler i want to be a referee and then all of a sudden he's dropping down to the ground slapping two counts two he's doing this whole james has the nice long reach too he has this whole referee shtick down when he was drunk and this is like in the 90s like 96 (laughs) 97 so someday i want to get him on the show to retell the story he just started a new radio show he's the morning guy on the new sportsnet 650 in vancouver so now it's time i, I can vancouver. hook you up with his digits yeah that you can do be a sweet. skype interview no no i go i go i go to the places i like to sit Next down time with you're people. In the van doing stand-up that's what i'm doing yeah because i got other people i had in mind that i'd like to get out there on that like brady malibu uh he's a wrestler uh and uh personal trainer out there do you think there was a stigma for older guys like us that, you know, you, you think, like, oh, if you like wrestling, you're you're a kid or, or a teenager or whatever. And then I remember I was a huge, we were huge into wrestling when I was in university. But then we never really talked about it or told anyone. Is that gone now? Do you know what I mean? Because your older guys can be wrestling fans now. Now it's not a big deal. I think so. It's so mainstream now. Like, look at, like, so many people watch it. It's a billion-dollar industry. The independent scene is more popular now than ever. Like, New Japan is huge with Ring of Honor. They're doing so well. Like, there's just... I still think it's something that you don't go around openly saying at work, but if you find out, like at work, we all love Ric Flair. Yeah, of course. You don't walk in going, hey, I'm a wrestling fan, but I'll admit I don't watch the new stuff. I just don't. No. I don't have time uh, because I work nights. But there's people at work that love it, but everybody can relate to it yeah. i have bosses that love it that love rick flair oh yeah you know stuff like that so it's it's one of those things i don't think you'd go around waving the flag but you're not embarrassed to take it out you yeah. know what i'm saying whereas back in the day if you were if you were a 40 year old man in 1988 you wouldn't go around thinking you'll you, <laughs> yeah hey man because the line from from uh on the vhs tape of wrestlemania, WrestleMania 3, 3 who's gonna win tonight the you know, the Kenny and I always found that so strange because it was a grown-ass grown man. A, grown man. Yeah. But now... 
Now it's, it's fine. It's okay. I mean, I mean, it's not the first thing I'd put on. Like, if I was a single and going up to meet a lady at the bar, hey, did you watch Raw last night? But Casey would with his wrestling t-shirts on. Uh, no, true. I wouldn't. No, <laughs> I only once. Was, I have a Hulk Hogan t-shirt. Only, only once was I embarrassed by my wrestling fandom. My roommate had a Chihuahua by the name of, or she still has, by the name of Macho Man. Mm-hmm. She named her Chihuahua. She has two Chihuahuas. Macho Man and Elizabeth? No. Sherry? No. Shorty? That doesn't make sense. She thinks village people Macho Man for I, the dog? I, no, no. I don't know. But I, I So anyway, long story short, I was dog sitting one time. Macho Man disappeared out of the backyard. So now I had to run around the neighborhood looking for Macho Man. <laughs> and I'm yelling, Macho Man, come back. <laughs> Macho Man, come back. Where did you go, Macho Man? And then there was a guy smoking a joint on his steps, and he's like, the guy died 10 years ago, kid. <laughs> and then I was like, stupid wrestling. That'd be a great uh, skit. <laughs> That's great. Now, uh, Kenny, you love mustaches. I, I, I love mustaches, probably because my dad had one as a child. So and When I was a child, he didn't have one when he was a child. Who had great mustaches in wrestling? Hulk Hogan's obviously it's like you don't even Epic. that's that goes without saying he, he shaved it for a movie one time and he came back and it was just not the same uh, yeah uh, Ravishing Rick Rude fantastic solid stash to go Mag- along Magnum with Magnum TA fantastic oh Magnum TA nice call yeah great mustache yeah he could have been something they say my my, my favorite one was the Iron Sheik because he had the the handle the, the curls hand. yes oh, the, 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 the rolly fingers yeah the, the rolly fingers curls around the side I love that a pitcher's name was rolly fingers and his mustache he had to oh. use Finger rolling to get that mustache. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how does that even come about? He was legally obligated to do it. I know. I bet you rolled joints too and all sorts of things. I would say uh, Rick Rude would be top of my list because it was thick and he'd do that thing where he'd kind of perk his lips up and dabble his chin where his mustache looked like it was very intelligent. I think Rude, Hogan, definitely. Magnum TA was another one that had a great mustache. Did uh, Val Venus have a mustache? No. And he had a dirt he'd goatee. goatee. Dirty okay. goatee. See, a lot, of, a lot of beards and a lot of goatees in wrestling, but not oh. a lot of just pure not mustaches. Not a lot of just pure 80 stashes. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm trying, you know, oh. Maybe Rick now. Steiner at some point. Now. Well, fantastic. Yeah. And, and multi died, and that's obviously where the Hulkster got it. Now, did Superstars come in a goatee, or was it just like he did? It, it was a dyed goatee, yes, I think. Yes, it's controversial, so but, we don't really know what that is. But when Superstar, when he came back the first time before he disappeared again and came back again, mm-hmm. um, he came back, like, so he was Superstar, and they left, and then he was like, he, he shaved his head bald, yeah. and he grew a, just a black mustache, yes. and then he came back with uh, black karate pants, he's like, yeah, now kung fu master <laughs> and he was just doing the kung fu but it was like no you're the no, tie dye king you're superstar billy graham he's like nope i'm this guy and you could tell like nobody wanted to accept his you know like no no that's horrible yeah. and that's uh, like when kiss wrote forever it's like oh, no no yeah. and i i disagree with that total wholeheartedly totally. you don't uh, i you, love forever um, <laughs> you want the star child, the demon. WCW oh. made the demon as a wrestler, um, and it was Brian Adams mm-hmm. who became the demon, the wrestler. It would have been better if it was Brian Adams, the musician, who came Brian Adams, the demon, the wrestler, because then he could have played his own Kiss music. Because remember when Kiss played the first time he came out? Yeah. 
Did they? What's it? They did play. They, they played, rolled out the, the demon. demon. But I'm trying to think of what song they played. It wasn't rock and roll all night. Probably hotter than hell or yeah, something like God that. God of Thunder, maybe. That maybe it was sense. most likely God of Thunder because the demon character would have been. Right. It was Gene, right? Right, right. And, but it was uh, so, that didn't go over. It went over maybe two, three weeks, and it was done. How much do you think Kiss charged for that? Oh, because like, they turn her head to pony up because if he just has the demon. Kiss. They don't roll out of bed for less than a million. Kiss is going to sue them. Kiss well, can't dress to go out and kiss me. This might, uh, and this was, yeah, and this was when Kiss was back in makeup, too. So yeah. and in the 90s, like late 90s when right. they were huge. This is when the, the makeup was back and everybody but was free. It works out because I've always felt, and maybe you guys feel the same, that I think Kiss is the wrestling of rock and roll. Oh, absolutely. That's like, a perfect they analogy. Don't, they Great don't analogy. get the respect they deserve. Everybody's like, they're not real. You can't it's really admit show. you like them. It's a circus. You tell people you like them. It's crazy. But yet, merchandising-wise, they're off the charts. And that's a great point because if you like Kiss, it uh, amongst rock and roll people sometimes, like old school was okay to admit you like Kiss, right? Everybody grew up on them. But now it's kind of a faux pas to admit you would like Kiss sometimes. Like, oh, Kiss, yeah. come on, man. They're such sellouts and blah, blah, blah. No but way, they're man. not critically acclaimed. Critics, you know, the art critic wouldn't like wrestling. No. But you put a good kiss record on it's fun it's a good time just why like is, why is alice cooper loved so much but kiss is so not loved like i don't understand that like kiss mm. but like, maybe it's because kiss has a, their own vince mcmahon and gene simmons That's who true. a lot of people don't like well, because agreed right i think it's probably just got the fact but yeah everything's licensed and it's all about money i mean hey. i just thought gene simmons is going to the fan expo in edmonton really yeah well, 125 bucks for an 8x10, I think. Oh, my God. I can't even... You know who popped into my show this weekend? Um, like, well, on Sunday night? This is actually true. I was at Absolute Comedy downtown Toronto hosting. And uh, this is this has nothing to do with wrestling. But uh, all of a sudden... Uh, wait, wait. Can I guess? Okay, I guess. Donnelly Rhodes from Danger Bay. No. He, we're talking huge, <laughs> huge star. Oh, well, yeah. Roberts? That is a huge no, star. No, yeah, that's great. That's Roberts who played Roberts. No, that's no. who played Grant Roberts, Donnelly. So 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 this so I'm in the green room. The manager's like, "Come into the green room." I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Okay, um, Richard Dreyfus is coming by." I'm like, "Richard Dreyfus?" What? And he's like, "Yeah, Richard Dreyfus is coming by, and uh, he might want to do a spot." I'm like, "Whoa, are you?" When did Richard Dreyfus become Robin Williams? Like when I was like, hey, he's coming by to do a set. We know he's coming by for sure. We don't know if he's going to do a set. Apparently, Why would Richard Dreyfus do a comedy set? Well, I don't know. Maybe he wants so, to be a comic. Like well, he, apparently he's done it. Like they told me he's done comedy once before and he might want to do it again. I thought he was coming in to go just to basically sell pictures afterwards and photographs with him. Like, cause you know, so anyways, I'm like, I'm like, why is he even here? Like, this is ridiculous. I don't care. I'm, I'm not the biggest Richard Dreyfus fan. My sister's favorite actor of all time. Okay. That's the truth. So I was calling my sister, like, do you want me to? She's not at home. She's always at home, except the only night she's home. Like, I could, I was standing there dialing while Richard Dreyfus is beside me because I was going to get her to sit, get him to so say something. So he showed up. Was he in the green oh, room? He showed up. He was in the green room. Uh, he actually did a set. 15 Good for minutes. him. Good for him. I brought him on stage. The place went nuts. Wow. That's so um, great. That's great. Anybody, Peter, tell him to go to amateur night like everyone else. Was. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Hey, Mr. So, Holland. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he, he got up there, and then I was like, because I was like telling people, I'm like, when, what, when's Richard Dreyfus? He doesn't even do comedy movies. And somebody's like, what about, what about Bob? I'm like, can you say that without stuttering? And then, <laughs> and then I, I didn't stutter. I'm like, what about, what about Bob? <laughs> and then, and then uh, I said to the headliner, I was like, you know what's going to, you know what this is, right? I said, Richard Dreyfus is here researching a role. He's going to be a comedian, an old timey comedian in a movie where he's triumphant he's gonna use all your material but when they flash back to when he was shit it'll be all my material (laughs) (laughs) and uh, sure enough he goes on stage he talks about uh, Donald Trump and how it's it's all God's idea of a joke and so he's gonna punch God in the face he got some uh, laughs here and there but uh, one thing's for sure I'm better than Richard Dreyfuss a comedy that's amazing that's 100% true of course don't you guys admire the fact though Peter, you sound angry. I think it's cool that he tried it out. I think it's cool he popped in. I'm just He's being facetious. Yeah. Well, look at the it's guy. It's a little is, ridiculous that anyone can just come in and go, I want to get on stage. Well, if you're Richard it's Dreyfus, Dreyfus, you can. Fine. I'm, I'll give, Richard Dreyfus gets the pass. Richard Dreyfus gets a free pass. Right. I was eating mozzarella sticks when he came in, so it was like fucking close encounters Did of the curb kind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right in the middle of the joke, he says, he punchline. Yeah. It was close encounters kind. of the curd kind, people. Um, so anyway. Sorry I do for walking feel, on the punch, but. That's all right. I feel like Kiss is the wrestling of, uh, of wrestling. Rock and roll. I would, I would buy into that theory. I like that theory. They're both circuses. Whether one be one's the traveling circus, circus and one's a psycho circus. Yeah. I said, welcome to the show. <laughs> the best is that kiss tour, they uh, kiss in 3D. I was like, well, you're actually there, so you're 4D. Yeah, you're 4D. It's like, oh my God, I got my glasses on. I can, it's like they're right there. Wait, let me take the glasses off. They are right there. Life is 3D. Paul Stanley, I got to come out there to you. Not so quickly. I got my 3D glasses yeah. on. How many of y'all want me to come out there? Well, regardless of if I applaud or not, you're going to because yeah. you have a mini stage set up and it's part of the act. <laughs> Like, what if everybody's like, no? I remember the weirdest part about that tour at one point, uh, after like the fourth song, Paul's like, we got a special guest here to do a song. Everybody welcome Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Richard the, Dreyfus came on? What so, the hell? But here's the funny thing. Richard Dreyfus, I was like, so Richard Dreyfus gets off the stage, and this is the joke I do after. I'm like, so let me get this straight. So Richard Dreyfus came to watch comedy because he's, he's going to be a comedian in the movie. I was like, let me get this straight. The star of Stakeout came to a comedy club for an actual fucking Stakeout? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it was great. But I um, got a question for all you. How many of you out there have seen Mr. Holland Opus? <laughs> <laughs> I was what? talking to somebody backstage before. Oh. They said you people like Jaws. <laughs> I was talking to somebody backstage before. They was telling me a lot of you people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of you people out there. I'm into marine biology. <laughs> a lot of you people like making shapes out of mashed potatoes. <laughs> so I was like, do I give him the light? I'm like, not if you, he might think it's a UFO. Just fucking settle down. <laughs> but anyway, um, so let's get to this list. We have lists uh, prepared uh, since we're in Canada. Well, uh, I gave Peter, you could do professional football players turn wrestlers. My list focuses on the greatest footballers and professional wrestlers that happen to be CFL, Canadian football players. And uh, Kenny's can be a mixture. 
answer. And I didn't do it because I don't do homework. I'll go off the top of my head. Yeah, but you're, you're so far, this is all off the top of your head, and you've been fantastic. No, you, you, I've been getting an education in talking wrestling from Ken Reed, so <laughs> that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, but you pulled out, what is it, T.A. Magnum? Magnum TA. Magnum TA. That Magnum was TA. Sweet. I learned this the other night. So bad car accident, right? Wasn't yeah. Porsche wrapped it around a pole. Yeah. Um, Porsche 911. I have that Pro Wrestling Illustrated at home. Wow. But um, Magnum TA. This is interesting. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, who's a wrestler. Uh, she's the daughter of Tully Blanchard. So the no, no relation Horseman. to Tessa Campanelli from Degrassi. No, okay. no. Tessa Campanelli from Degrassi. No, definitely. But uh, so Tessa Blanchard is the daughter of Four Horsemen. Tully Blanchard. Mm-hmm who Telly Blanchard lost the U.S. title in a cage to Magnum T.A. And it turns out also lost his daughter to Magnum T.A. and wife because uh, Magnum T.A. married his ex-wife and raised his daughter. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, so so I didn't know this until I was watching wrestling where they're like, Tessa Blanchard, the, the daughter of Tully Blanchard, and was raised by Magnum T.A. I'm like, well, how wow. does that work? Wow. So they're enemies. Well, some kind of wrestling hat trick. Definitely a trick indeed. <laughs> so, starting my list off, we'll each do two at a time. So This is, uh, this is wrestlers who have played football. Played professional. football, professional, professional football, and then have went into wrestling. And I'm going to focus all on CFL. And it's shocking so, how many of them there are. Yes, there there's definitely more than 10. So uh, for number 10, I have a multi-tag team champion, uh, former Intercontinental champion from the BC Lions, Tito Santana. Wow, Tito played for the BC Lions? Yes, and the reason why I know this is the wrestling card of Tito Santana from the first issue of cards said that Tito Santana played for the BC Lions, and I always remembered that. What, what, you, do you remember what year he played? No. Or what position he was? I'm sure he was probably like a safety or something like that. Do you like think that. it's true? Oh, it is true. Yeah, I, 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 go, I Googled it and Wikipedia it. His wow. name was different. Most of these guys had different names, obviously, yeah. when they played football. So Tito Santana is my number 10. And then coming in at uh, a tie for number nine is um, two wrestlers who are similar. One is a Canadian wrestler who was an NWA world champion. And the other one is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time who's a WWF world champion. And both played two to three years with the Edmonton Eskimos. And then both were broken in by Stu Hart, uh, superstar Billy Graham, and Gene Kaninsky. So those are my uh, superstar wow. played for the Eskies. Yeah, Wayne Coleman. Yeah, wow. Peter already. Yes, that superstar earlier. Billy Graham. Superstar Billy Graham's on my list because I I just made wrestlers that have played football that are you my didn't favorites. Know he, you didn't know he played for the Eskimos. I didn't know he played for the oh, Eskimos. He played for the Eskimos. Yeah. At, wow. Two years. And so I wonder if he hooked up with the Hart family while that's he how, was. Yes, that's how it happened. Out in Alberta. Yeah. And then he made that transition. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. He was trained by Stu Hart. Well, Stu, that was the thing with Stu. All those guys who came through Calgary and Edmonton playing football. That's right? where Go he... right to the dungeon. Yeah. Jim Neidhart, was, did he play? He played with the LA Raiders. There you go. And then, uh, or Oakland Raiders, and then he came up and wrestling went the and went to the dungeon. Just, just as a quick aside, yeah. Kenny's been in the dungeon. I've been in the dungeon. Stu worked me. And has met Stu, and Stu worked him. Stu got me in the... Like, he just put his... He put his hand right up under your eye and around your eye and he stuff stretched like that. you he stretched me lightly yeah. i'm sure but he stretched me out i've been in the dungeon 
Well, I was in the dungeon briefly before we got kicked out the night, the day that Matt Billen took us. They were gutting the whole place, like the place oh, had been wow. sold. No kidding. And Billen just took us there. Hey, and man, he went, it's a dungeon, Matt. Yeah, well, Matt's like, yeah, so uh, this is the uh, this is the living room. This is where the everything you can see the pictures where they used to be. And this is the big kitchen. That's yeah, where the and, kitchen. Uh, yeah, man. And uh, this is the uh, the basement. We'll go down the dungeon. The guys are like, hey, you guys don't have hard hats on. <laughs> <laughs> that's total Matt Phillips. Yeah, like, oh yeah, we're just going down the basement just to see the dungeon. Like, well the dungeon's ripped up. It's out on the porch now. Go out there. So we went out and took some pictures out in the porch. Like wow. we're totally trespassing. Yeah, I remember we're seeing the like pictures. Three guys baked on a tour trying to wow. find the hard house. Well, yeah, you had to walk down like a industrial staircase. It was really, really steep. And the dungeon had that old school, you know the old school basement wood? Yeah. Kind of pine looking. Yes. I had that and then just a bunch of blue mats. I remember and Stu got me down. He's like, if I could just put this little pressure on you. Oh! You know, just, it was <laughs> Why were cool. you there? You were doing, doing a story on... I was doing on... a story on Bret Hart retiring. This is like years ago because I was working in news in Calgary. And I, my assignment was to go talk to Stu and uh, I think it was Helen, who's just yeah. a lovely lady. It was to go talk to them. So I stayed at their house for a couple hours and we did an interview and then we just kind of hung out. It was pretty cool. That's the best. Yeah, it was really cool. Can you also, um, re- I'm requesting your story about uh, the night that you were uh, at a bar drinking with Edge after a SmackDown? Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I uh, there was a SmackDown in Calgary years ago. SmackDown Raw, one of them. It's around the same time. Yeah, and Edge was teamed up with, with Hulk Hogan is when they were running tag team partners. Yeah. So I ended up on a rooftop patio and it ends up being me and Edge. And we're just kind of sitting there having a couple beer. You know, where are you from? Toronto. Oh, yeah, where are you from? Nova Scotia. And I just go, man, like, I can't believe, like, I got to see Hulk Hogan doing the flex tonight, and I'm flexing along with him, like, just, and I'm just sitting there flexing with him, that's like a childhood dream come true. And he goes, how old are you? I go, 27 or whatever it was. He's like, I'm 26 or 27, whatever he was. And he goes, but think about this. It's my childhood dream too. And I was in there with him and I just, my mind was blown and we were both like, that is the coolest thing to ever happen. So he was a wicked nice guy. Can you imagine that though? Like yeah, all he of a sudden was, he's looking beside him and they're doing the flexing together. Right. And he's like, this is mind boggling. Right. It was mind boggling for me in the audience. Yeah. But he's the guy in the ring with Hulk. So that was, it was definitely the greatest live wrestling Thing I, I had ever seen. Well, anytime you see, like, people question, like, who is bigger, Stone Cold or Hogan? I'll tell you, there's, like, when you go back and you watch those old Saturday Night Main events, you watch the audiences go crazy for Hogan. It's insane. It was. It's see, off the charts, and nothing is ever compared to it. The thing was with Hogan is he captured kids, right? Like, he, he got you when you were 11, 12, 13 yeah. years old. Stone Cold got guys in the Attitude Era when we were all, like, 19, 20, 21 drinking beer. Yeah. Right? So, it's stick... I, I think it's cool that it's two different memories, right, that stick with you. Yeah. Which yeah. explains why I love Stone Cold so much, because that was during when I was in university, right. crushing beers all the yeah. time. Well, Stone Cold definitely brought everybody back to wrestling. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All the people that had that hiatus yeah. had come back. That's exactly true. Yeah. Because, you know, you didn't miss anything in those years. You missed a lot of bad bookings. You missed some of Bret Hart's greatest matches. But aside from that, you know, it was flat until the Attitude Era. So, um, so Peter, who do you have for your first two? Uh, well, well, like I said, I had superstar Billy Graham too. Yeah. Um, but one that I had here that made me laugh uh, is the Refrigerator Perry. 
Yes. Right. Remember his short stint as a wrestler? He was in WrestleMania 2, the Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it still makes me laugh thinking about it. You know what's hilarious is uh, he's not even the best wrestler off the 85 Bears. Oh, there's another one? Steve Mongo McMichael was a member of the Four Horsemen. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And had a long career in NWA. Also brought his wife to wrestling, Deborah McMichael, who you might remember from the Attitude Era with the puppies. She would later, she was with Jeff Jarrett all the time, and then she would later marry Stone Cold and divorce. So, um, yeah. So, Mongol McMichael brought his wife, and then, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's, and who else? That was my, that was the one that that rang as the funniest, but another one that I thought was really cool that I didn't know was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yes. Was Was a professional football player. He actually now Atlanta, I think Atlanta, but you know who else he played for that you won't find is the played for the Toronto Argonauts. What? Yeah. He played a season with the Toronto Argonauts. Wow. Now that's in my mind. See, I would like to find out his transition from, from football to wrestling. He got angry one time. What happened is he got angry one time during a brawl on the field. He went over to the bench and he cracked off a piece of wood on it and he started smacking guys in the head with it. He thought it was a good gig. (laughs) And every time he smacks someone in the head, he's like, you like that tough guy? (laughs) I think he meant to hit you. He's cross-eyed. Thumbs up to the 40 Argonauts fans in in the stands. Exactly. Dan, it was 40,000. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kenny, who do you got? I had to go with Angela Mosca. That's the first guy that pops into my head. Well, Angela Mosca is... He's on everybody's list. He's my number one of course guy of my CFL because not, most of these guys spent a couple years in the CFL and went on to become great wrestlers. Right. Angela Mosca did them both at the same time. Right. He was That's like hall, hall of Fame in both categories. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, I watched the Angela Mosca Kane interview this morning uh, yeah. before oh. I came here, which is fantastic. Uh, he just... The guy, give, like, like the guy goes to give him... Cap goes to give him his microphone uh, this it was a flower 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 he was even a flower that he'd gotten and, off he, was his own and he was shove it up your ass yeah it was it, technically it was cap you know trying to extend the the olive branch here's a flower to make up for our past yeah mosca says shove it up your ass and then cap something he puts something the flowers twists. in his then face. he goes and shoves the flower in mosca's face mosca pushes him off then swings his cane i said to kenny that's not the first time he swung a cane it's on because he takes cap's glasses completely clean off his head oh yeah cap goes in for the for the, for the a straight right right in the chin mosca collapses off the back of the stage and it was like the one of the greatest it's it's on youtube it went viral My, if anyone hasn't seen it that's listening you do yourself a favor uh, it is one of the greatest things you'll ever see it was a pretty like i mean i can't get over how many times we showed it that week at work and my cameraman Steve one of our studio camera guys came up with the best line he let me use it he said never bring flowers to a cane fight (laughs) (laughs) nobody ever offered Mr. Fuji flowers ever in the history of wrestling or Freddie Blassie because of the canes that's true that's true that's true Um, so be careful Angela Mosca was supposed to show, uh, be on a wrestling card in my hometown. Wow. Sweet Daddy Siki was there. Uh, this was when I was grade five. And uh, he was supposed to show up and he no-showed. He wasn't there. I was very upset. So uh, in re- replacement, Angela Mosca Jr., mm-hmm. 1980s pro wrestler, illustrated rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Wow. He was, yeah, he was there. And I don't even know. Like So years later, 
uh, I would get to have lunch with Angelo Mosca where I was sitting at his table because um, my friend uh, Mark Papasak, who used to be the number one morning man in country radio in Ottawa, every Friday he'd run a, a hot seat. It was called the Canada Hot Seat at the sports uh, center, uh, sports club or whatever in Canada, where he'd have a sport-related guest every week and he'd have an interview and it was a lunch and it was mostly all guys and it was called the Canada Hot Seat. So he had Angelo Mosca this is around the time Bob Backlund came back and one of Angelo Mosca's biggest feuds was with Bob Backlund. So I had numerous wrestling questions to ask. So I'm sitting at the table and like, like and my third question was going to be, is Angelo Mosca Jr. really your son? And why did you no show an arm prior? Um, not that he needs to hear that. You were still bitter. Yeah. Like my first question was, I was like, so Bob Backlund is uh, making a comeback, Angelo. Uh, in wrestling, what do you think about that? I'm not, I'm not here to talk about wrestling. I'm here to talk about football. Well, there goes my fucking plans. <laughs> You're the only guy there in a wrestling show. I'm the only guy you, interested. You didn't dare press it any further or you would have got a cane across the temple. <laughs> I will cane you. I, exactly. I um, So, going into um, 8 and 7, 8 also from the Edmonton Eskimos, two years there, Roman Reigns. Yep. He played with the Edmonton Eskimos. And then number seven, another guy with the Edmonton Eskimos. Eskimos put out a lot of wrestlers. There's a, yeah, this is a common um, theme here. Was uh, John Adkinson is his name, better known as Fritz Von Erich. Oh, wow. Now, Fritz Von Erich is the patriarch of the Von Erich family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carrie, Kevin, uh, Dwayne. No, there's no Dwayne Von Erich. Um, but there's all the Dwayne Von Erichs. Dwayne Allman, I think you're thinking. Uh, world-class wrestling. He started that. And... And it was all Stu's idea to say, you're a big guy. I'm going to put you with this guy. He's Waldo Von Erich. You be Fritz Von Erich. I'm going to dress you up as a couple evil Germans, which were Nazis. He So Fritz Von Erich was a Nazi for his first, like, in camp. Yeah. yeah we Stu, had, we Stu had, made them Nazis. We had, guy, we had a guy today. in Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling. He was from Moncton. But they said he was from Germany. He was named Killer Karl Krupp. And he literally would do the Nazi salute and strut German style across the ring. And it was just... Like, can you imagine that today? Absolutely, oh, yeah. It would. It's it was insane. nuts, man. It's insane. Nuts. Turmoil if that happened today. Yeah. But it sounds. It sounds to me like Stu had a deal with the Eskimos organization as a feeder system. Yeah, no. Well, to come down to Calgary. Well, it's 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 crazy, and um, and the fact that he made them Nazis, I find crazy as well. He's <laughs> like, nobody likes you guys. <laughs> imagine today, he's like the Von Erichs back band would have been dressed up as Nazis. Today, they're in tan pants and white shirts with tiki, tiki torches. torches. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also have number six, pretty high on the list, ranked 392 in Pro Wrestling Illustrated's 500 of the year 2000, and also former member of the Argos and Ottawa Rough Riders, Glenn Kalka. Kalka Mania. Trained by Bret Hart. In the in, in Brad Hart's dungeon, yes. Um, Glenn Kalka did not have the greatest career, but um, you know what? M- m- he's the night after the Montreal screw job. I was talking to him. He told me about Vince McMahon getting knocked out by Bret Hart, and he spent the night in the hospital, and all the wrestlers, that's why tonight's a shitty Raw, because all the wrestlers have boycotted the show. He gave me the whole scoop. Like, I knew Kolka because he would come into my restaurant. A lot of CFL players came into the Lone Star back then in the day, and uh, so I had a relationship with him where he was going to get me backstage passes and meet Bret Hart at Raw, but then the screw job happens. Uh-huh. No backstage passes. But 
you got a picture with him that night it'll be put up on the instagram wow and as well as uh my angelo mosca autograph from the bob backland story that i just told about that so I'll the, the listeners will be able to see these i'll put them up on the instagram, instagram. yeah, yeah, yeah I usually instagram put peter does show pictures what's that peter shows pictures <laughs> on the instagram i left instagram so the viewers you, you, will be peter, able to see these peter, on instagram peter's no social media at all i'm so, on twitter that's, that's it, twitter. That's twitter. it. That's that's right. just twitterites number five uh, WCW and Stampede tag champ, member of the Four Horsemen and Heart Foundation, Brian Pillman. Yep. Calgary Stampeders, yep. also recruited by Stu. Yep. So, um, who do you got, Pete? I uh, well, just off, off the top of my head, there the Anvil was was a football player at one point too. We hit that. But uh, my list, uh, there's two that we haven't mentioned thus far. One is Dusty Rhodes. Yes. Who was a professional football player. And my favorite, my number one, is, of course, The Rock. And we all know his backstory. Well, playing for Calgary. Okay. First of all, I didn't put The Rock on my... Uh, he did play not? for Calgary. Why could he not Too obvious. Well, I know it's not obvious, but it's, it's he's got to be there. He's got to be okay. there. He, he had a fanny pack he when was, he was the, the sunshine boy. The Rock was awesome. Yeah, he was a sunshine boy in Calgary. <laughs> Um, you should put that on Instagram. He puts it out there. Dude, it's the best sense of humor it's ever. A, it's, it's a legendary picture. He puts he it out it. there. Okay. Um, so, uh, first of all, about Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes went to East Texas High. Um, Is that where you met Sapphire? No, no. Sapphire. Remember Sapphire? Yeah, yeah. Remember when Sapphire disappeared at SummerSlam one time and they're all looking for him? And then Hacksaw, and then Dusty's doing an interview and he's like, I don't know where Sapphire is. I don't know where she's gone. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes in and goes, Have you seen Sapphire? Hacksaw. Still looking for it, Dusty. And then he just walks out. <laughs> He's, so so anyway, um, Dusty Rhodes, uh, he didn't play high school. In, in, uh, he didn't play football in high school. He played baseball. And uh, then he went on to football, which I'm is interesting. Hit for the cycle, baby. But but also we're going to East Texas High School at the same time as Dusty Rhodes, Tito Santana, oh, wow. interesting. Stan Hansen, who also had a great mustache, and uh, and Ted DiBiase, and it's Barry. All, and, full circle. And, all at one school. And Barry Windlum. No, wow. no, East Texas High has put out more wrestlers than any other high school probably and quality wow. wrestlers in the, in the history of wrestling. Wow. Um, hey, can I go off board with a contribution to your list? Yeah. And this might blow all your minds. Peter will get it. And Casey, I know you will too. And I don't know if he played in the NFL or not, but he was a football player. In fact, he did play in the NFL in positive. Puke. Oh, yeah, oh, draws. Yeah, puke. Yeah, I think he played for the Chargers, yes. I want to say. Chargers. He's going to puke. He's, he's going to puke. Uh, well, he's, uh, he's, he's going to puke. He's <laughs> going to puke. He's going to Well, seeing as your name's puke, it's only, it makes only sense makes sense. that uh, puke here. Uh, maybe, uh, uh, there he goes. He's going to puke. He's going to puke. He's going to Oh, my God. He's going to puke. One of the the greatest scenes. Disturbing scenes I've ever seen in film history. Hey, mom, I got the deal. They're going to call me puke. (laughs) So, is there anything unique you can bring to your position here at the World Wrestling Federation? (laughs) I can vomit on demand. Yeah. Did did he puke for Vince? Like, he kind of Yeah, well, he could. He barely puked. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it was a lot of pressure. So, I had, after Brian Pillman, I had Brian Pillman there. Um, He, uh, yeah, Brian Pillman played the Stampeders. Also, uh, at number five or four, I guess I'm at right now. Ron Simmons, uh, yes. w- former WCW World Champion. 
champion, the first African American champion in the history of wrestling, um, world champion. Was he's, he? Was he the Raiders? Uh, he was. Well, well, I have him with the Ottawa Rough Riders and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh, okay. But he he came out of uh, Florida State University, yes, Florida where his State, number yeah. was retired, and uh, he is an absolute legend uh, when it comes to collegiate football. And uh, yeah, and one half of the Acolytes who had the tag team belts many many times. Uh, also on my list, uh, Lex Luger. Um, Lex Luger, who came from the Miami Hurricanes, came up to the CFL and played his first year. Youngest Grey Cup champion ever. Really? He, yeah, yeah. Lex this Luger. is amazing, all these CFL. Yeah, yeah. Lex Luger actually. Documentary in the make. That, this is a documentary. Lex Luger, uh, former Rumble winner, he, he would share a team. He would go to the USFL and be uh, with the Tampa Bay Bandits. Sorry, which team in the CFL case? He was uh, Luger was with the Montreal Alouettes okay. in the late seventies. So he was with probably one of those Alouettes teams that won a Grey Cup. Obviously, I think they beat the Eskimos in the final. Before Edmonton went on there, right? um, but him and Ron Simmons would be teammates with the Tampa Bay Bandits, owned by Burt Reynolds in the USFL. I was going to put Burt Reynolds on my list just because he's super sexy. Well, and, he, and he had a team ring before, <laughs> and he was in the and he was in the, the the you know the the loss. What was the name of the movie where he's in jail? Longest Yard. Longest Yard. So I think he qualifies. Yeah, and the remake of The Longest Shard had lots of wrestlers in it. Yeah, did it ever. Also on my list, obviously, because so many wrestlers have been broken in by Stu Hart from the Oilers. Stu Hart also played for the Edmonton Eskimos. He did. I did not know he that. Did. He is he is my number two. This, and Angelo Mosca. This cements my theory. Stu told me lots of Edmonton Eskimos stories. This cements my theory that he had a relationship with the Eskimos as a feeder system. It would dungeon. make sense. It would make sense that no, he did. No, it was just big guys going. He liked big guys, do? but he was connected to the Eskimos organization. Here's one for you, Goldberg. Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Goldberg. CFL. CFL. He, we all know he played with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, however, he did play one season with the Sacramento Gold Miners, which is crazy because I can only remember one player from the Gold Miners, and that's David Archer, quarterback, gorgeous blue eyes. I had a buddy who played in the CFL during the uh, the American expansion. He said it was awesome because it made for wicked road trips. So when they went to Memphis, they went to Graceland. Oh, Checked out Elvis' best. house. So he, he's like, it was, you know, Las Vegas Posse didn't get too big of crowds. No. 2,500 opening night or whatever. But that anthem dude. <laughs> like saying, oh, Canada, like, oh, Christmas, Christmas Street? Street? Yeah, well, I thought it was in Shreveport. I oh, think. was it? Okay. Yeah, down in Shreveport. Speaking of Elvis and wrestling, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he Elvis had a huge influence on the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> What with his long, you know what? Off the top of my head, off the top of my head, couple similar similar things. Long side burns, hair slicked back, riding through town in a pink Cadillac. (laughs) Just off the top of my head, yeah. One was cool, cocky. The other was cool, cocky, and bad, bad, bad. bad. Uh, Here's an Elvis football connection. Sunny and Red West. They played uh, high school football at Elvis's high school. There you go. They were his bodyguards for the rest of his life. Son of Ray, get on over here, man. So raccoon can see through my persona. His name's a honky tonk man. <laughs> we gotta get this man, boys. I saw I saw Elvis yesterday. Stoico at the CNE. I went to watch him uh, figure skate. Right. What's yeah. he gonna do with that acoustic guitar? <laughs> um. Hacksaw, uh, oh yeah, so Goldberg is there, Hacksaw. Okay, so the reason why I didn't put The Rock on my list is, um, first of all, The Rock played two preseason games and got cut with Calgary. Oh, he was on the practice and, roster. Uh, he was on the practice roster. He wasn't actually on the Stampeders team. And not only that, um, this is a very interesting fact. Like the Hearts and like a lot, of, unlike some other wrestlers, th- do you know where The Rock's father is from? Amherst, Nova Scotia. Amherst, Nova born. Scotia. Well, I didn't know so that. So that makes The Rock Canadian. 
Canadian. Yeah. If he if he if he wanted his Canadian citizenship, he, all he has to do is fill out the paperwork and, be, and become a Canadian citizen. But he, the reason why the Rock got cut was because he was a defensive tackle, and the CFL defensive tackles are usually Canadian players. There has to be an, in the CFL uh, for you Americans that are listening, the Canadian Football League. There has to be an allotted amount of spots for Canadian players. Twenty-one to nineteen. Twenty-one to the nineteen ratio is. is the ratio. Back then, I think it was only back then when the Rock was playing. It was maybe only sixteen Americans on each team. So the Americans are usually the skill players, the quarterbacks, yeah. the receivers, the running backs. They're usually all Americans. But if the linemen yeah. are Canadian spots, it's impossible basically to be an American lineman in the CF. Exactly. And so the Rock, who was an American coming out of Miami, um, he got cut because he was an American import. Then they couldn't. They could not give him a spot. They can't have an import on the practice roster. The imports have to be on the main roster. So the Rock was never going to make it. However, if the Rock would have had his Canadian papers, he'd have been a non-import. He would have been a non-import, wow. and he probably would have had five, six years, seven years in the CFL. Wow. Eventually, he would have eventually went into wrestling because that's the family business. He, his family, uh, both sides. Sure. So it was would he have gone in at the right time? would he have gone in at the right time? He could have missed the Attitude Era by playing football. You know what life is, Casey? Timing. It is. It is timing. Things things did work out for Dwayne Johnson. What if the honky-tonk man, Wayne Simmons, came around before Elvis Presley? (laughs) (laughs) What if he wrestled wrestled in the carnivals of the the, the 30s and 40s before Elvis came along? Like, who were the famous? Maybe he would have been Charlie Chaplin man. (laughs) I got a small mustache and a... Weird black hat, I'm coming through your town in my Ford Model T. I'm a Charlie Chaplin man. Of course, you don't hear it. You just have to read the lyrics. Yeah. I'm a Charlie Chaplin man. He's dancing. Yeah, yeah. I'm into silent movies with my sound turned off. <laughs> I got the Hitler stash now. Get it lost. I'm the Charlie Chaplin man. I'm the Charlie Chaplin man. I'm the Charlie Chaplin man. <laughs> I'm the Charlie Chaplin man. I'm silent, not cocky, not bad. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, you guys have any other uh, any other wrestlers? My, we went through mine, and then yeah, I I learned some cool stuff. That's amazing. That's amazing. The CFL connection to the world of professional wrestling. It is. It is. And then there was like a time when I remember there was a match where uh, Ted DiBiase had the million dollar corporation, and I think Tatanka was wrestling Bret Hart, and Bret Hart he needed he didn't have a million dollar corporation, so he needed some guys to back him up. Financially? No, no, to back him up in his in, in the corner because this is before the Hart Foundation got back together. So Brett had the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because it was in Regina the match. He had the Saskatchewan Rough Riders backing him, and Kalka was one of the guys back then because he was with the Riders right. at the end of his career. And that's when. So it was like I remember Kalka took the Godfather out with a clothesline, and <laughs> who was comma the fighting machine. But Kalka was just so jacked. It was like that guy's going to be a wrestler for sure. But this having the five CFL is out in Brett's corner that gave the idea for Wrestlemania uh, maybe it was 11 where Lawrence Taylor headlined it against Bam Bam Bigelow uh, and yeah. LT's corner he had five NFL superstars with Chris Spielman um, I can't remember who else was there I just remember Chris Spielman because he's yeah, awesome yeah I remember LT's but LT's stint. His, 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 he was great LT became, well, how come he's not on the yeah, list yeah he could have made the here's list here's a weird question and I'm just this is just popping off the top of my head 
Was Mark Gastineau ever a wrestler? Remember the old New York Jet? No, he was a boxer, and yeah, his fights it. were fixed. Right. right, and he had the mullet. Yeah, yeah, and okay. he I had knew it was something to do with Bridget Wilson. Wow, that's thinking out loud. Yeah, that's a pretty authentic talk on your podcast, Casey. That was last week's uh, episode, or no, two weeks ago. We had um, because of the Conor McGregor uh, Mayweather fight, we had uh, I had Lou Eisen in because he's a boxing expert and uh, journalist. And we discussed all the times that wrestling and boxing have crossed paths, whether it be Inoki versus uh, Ali or, yeah, or, you know, yeah. Or Mayweather and Big Show. Sure. Which, yeah. That's why I don't believe the McGregor, uh, Mayweather fight was yeah, is a he bit of a car- Mayweather carried, carried McGregor yeah. carried him well, and if, if you don't believe that you weren't I'm watching it, and you weren't listening if he would have knocked him out in the fifth when he could have he, he, they can't have a rematch right. he had to carry him through those yeah. and then he put him out and it was it was insane because like Floyd Mayweather's brilliant for doing it but of course I, but he is I was adamant not watching this fight people told me I'm crazy I'm like I don't feel like giving 50 cents to either one of those dudes I streamed it for free I stole <laughs> I don't care. I no, was like, I'm not supporting watch. a wife beater or a loudmouth Irishman. I watched it and I was entertained. That's all I'll and, say. Oh, no. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I watched it and I was entertained there as well. There you go. It's kind of what it's um, all about. Any other uh, final wrestling stories? Well, the only thing I was going to say towards the end of the show was I'm shocked that we got through this much time talking about wrestling and Kenny's in the room without mentioning Slick. Oh, the Godfather style, man. Kenny's, we, he was always our favorite sort of, uh, I guess, non-combating, combative Brothers and sisters. Yeah, he was, we always got a huge kick out of this Slick. This is the Slickster talking. Slickster. And, and we, loved, we loved his song. Job uh, Soul Bro. Job Soul Bro. Job Soul Bro. And I always lie to your friends. But we were always obsessed with Slick, so. Now the one man gang has become a king. <laughs> the African dream. And he called Chicken Yardbird. Yeah, out there messing <laughs> with a lady that was seven feet tall. Yardbird. Now that was a big mama. <laughs> Slick is the man, man. Slick could sell it. Slick. So can yeah, that, is that, that, that may be the most appropriate name ever because he was slick and when he would oh, when he'd dance yeah. he'd come out with butch reed and he'd make butch reed watch him dance <laughs> but, oh, Hakeem the african dream would dance yeah. beside him too but, uh, yeah, but think about how great a manager was he's the only manager that i can recall whose wrestlers would come out to his theme song <laughs> so true yeah. he's like he's a manager why does he even have a theme song because you know why he was slick he could sell it it's like butch reed go stand over there like uh strike force girls and cars they well, had nothing to do with that song well no but you know who sang it yeah well uh, the same guy that sang oh go ahead give me the name rick derringer exactly rick derringer saying he sang with the one with mean gene too yeah. rock and roll, but, rock and roll. Uh, girls and cars was written by jimmy hart that is also true yeah but Look, girls and cars had nothing to do with Strike Force. They just come out smiling, jumping the ring. But but when Slick would come out to Jive Soul, bro, total production. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was the, best. the best. Did you guys ever get any? Um, did you guys ever get any of the Montreal wrestling? Yes, international wrestling. Okay, that yeah. came down in the summer of '86. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was huge, but Mark Harone's grandfather, Grandpa White, used to take me and Harone to it at the New Glasgow Stadium, oh. and they had this one guy. He'd blow the green, green stuff fog. in your face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't yeah. remember awesome. his name, but he had green fog. No, it was Kendo Nagasaki. No! Boom! Look at that guy. Wow. Now, case. if you go to YouTube, there's a great match from Halifax, 
It's Rick Martel against Leo Burke. I have watched that. It's amazing. The yes. form is sold out. It's 86. Because remember, Peter, it came in, and we were like, this is way better than Grand Prix. Yeah. But it was only there for a year, and then it just didn't tour the marathon. Evaporated. Rick Martel like is... Like a green fog. Into the night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rick Martel is fantastic. I mean, he was... Because, like, I used to watch La Lute Internationale, International Wrestling from Montreal. Yeah. I used to watch it. I was so addicted to it. I would watch it in, in French, and then I would watch it in English. And in English was always a week behind the French so oh, it was a great like, show oh it was like oh my god Milt Adverskin will you look at the size of these guys like, <laughs> well, for us it was just for growing up watching Atlantic Grand Prix it was like kind of going from like a, a Chevette to a Porsche it was just slicker it looked better it was yeah. flashier it was more oh, Gino Brito Gino Brito Jr yeah. the Rougeos yeah. uh, Rikishi started there he was he had a different name the great Samu oh, was your man dog Vachon dropped by right yeah the of course uh, Eddie the Brain Creechman yeah. um, the, uh, the, the the Strangler Steve DeSalvo if I can just say one thing to your listeners if you're gonna go down a YouTube hole or start with Mad Dog Vachon beer commercial Minnesota, it's when he was in the in the AWA. It's the funny thing you've ever seen. He's like, they told I got a part time job here at whatever brewery. He goes, we got American beer, Canadian beer, and he's like, what? Lift another one. They told me this was gonna be an easy part time job. It's like the best <laughs> the best thing you've ever heard. The course Mad Dog Vachon uh, later at him like one night they always bring the legends out for certain wrestling matches and Mad Dog Vachon was there they're celebrating all these legends Mad Dog Vachon was there and Kevin Nash was wrestling someone and he went and like Bullied, like he pushed, the mad he dog. pulled Mad Dog over, and then he went and Mad Dog's got a prosthetic leg, yeah. and he yanked his leg off, and then he beat the guy <laughs> in the ring with the prosthetic <laughs> leg. God, and that is the best. Is it is pro wrestling at its finest. Hey um, guys, what do you got coming up? What's going on, Peter? Where are you playing next? What's going on with you? What's uh, what's happening? Yeah, most of my well, it gets, you know, comedy gets busy once uh, Labor Day is done, right? It's, so, really? Uh, so. I've actually had a busy summer, actually. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. I, I, I yeah, things pick up. I, I'm going to list some dates on petersfunny.com or follow me on Twitter at petersfunny. I usually put my show dates up there. Excellent. But I got some stuff coming up, and I am I am going to do a trip again to the East Coast. Yeah, which is one of our favorite places to play. I think I'm down there in November. I'm down there. Well. I heard Halifax is closed the weekend that I was supposed to be there. So I don't know if they're just sending me down for just St. John gotcha. uh, in mid-November, but I don't know. Well, whatever. I'm just happy I still get to go down there because there was a change in bookers, but yeah, I'm still it, getting it, to go well, down there. I love perform down there, but I'll be around the Toronto area too uh, leading up to the middle middle of October. So All check right. me out on Twitter. Thanks for having me, bud. It really right. a lot what of fun. Is your, what is your Twitter handle again? It, At Peter is funny. Kenny, where can we find you? What's going on with you? You can get me weeknights, 10 Eastern time on Sportsnet co-hosting Sportsnet Central. Tune in. It's lots of fun. We see the highlights when you see the highlights. That's what I like to say. We're reading them raw, just having fun and getting your information. Uh, I got another book coming out this fall. It's called Dennis Baruch, The Unforgettable Story of Hockey's Forgotten 60-Goal Man. You talked about great mustaches earlier. Yes. You know Dennis has one. So Dennis is one of 20 men in NHL history to score 20 goals, but he'll be the first to admit. 60. 60 goals. 60 goals in a single season. Thank you. But he'll be the first to admit his name doesn't always pop off your tongue right away. He might be like the last guy. I've never heard out. of his name. Boom. And and I don't and I never Boom. knew that he scored sixty in a and season. That's the beauty of the book. So this is a guy who scored sixty goals in eighty one, eighty two when Gretzky scored ninety two. So he's dining with the president of the United States. Ten years later, he's behind the wheel of a, an oil rig service ship in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Fantastic book. It's coming out this fall, Dennis Marouk. 
Uh, look for it on Amazon and at your bookstores. And like I said, I'm on Sportsnet Central every night, weeknights at 10. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @snkenreed. Folks, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, my name is uh, Comedian Casey Corbin. You guys already know that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Your Christian name isn't Comedian Casey Corbin. Isn't it just Casey Corbin? <laughs> no, it's uh, Casey Noel Corbin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was born on Halloween, but my parents named me after Christmas. Because you're CNC. Did you ever think yeah. about that? CNC. CNC. I always go, I always just translate Noel to Christmas, and then I'm like, triple C. <laughs> Take that, Triple H. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm two letters ahead of you. Um, I don't even know if that's right. Yeah, it's not more. It's more than two. No, whatever. It's okay. It's, I can't do math with with numbers. I can't do math with letters. It's not natural. No, it is. It happens all the time. X equals. Um, hey, you can catch me on the uh, Twitter uh, comedian. Uh, actually, it's just Casey Corbin, I believe, on Twitter. Casey Corbin on Facebook. Comedian Casey Corbin on Instagram, uh, and of course. Uh, talking wrestling podcast. What's that? Jasso, bro. Jasso, bro. Jasso, bro. It's. I've never realized until you said it today that his wrestlers came down to his music. Yeah, that's perfect. And he would dance, and they'd watch him. <laughs> they'd watch him. It's like the wrestler be the guy dancing. That was horrible. It's like I can't. My manager's more over than me. Um, yeah, you can uh, catch uh, Talking Wrestling uh, on Never Sleeps Network at TNW Pod on the Twitter. Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, Talking Wrestling at Gmail. Uh, folks, that is another issue of Talking Wrestling Podcast here on Never Sleeps Network. Thank you, Peter and Kenny, for coming in Thanks, and joining Chase. me. No problem. Uh, I wish Kiss would come back to town so we can get off yeah. to Kiss concert. Let's do it. Definitely. Awesome. Uh, they played Casino Rama last week. That's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. I won't. It's too far of a drive and yeah, for, yeah. for a lifeless concert. I can't do <laughs> casino concerts. Folks, thank Thank you for tuning in again. You guys have been one of a crowd, and we're out of here talking wrestling. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.